Vint is the first fully transparent wine investment platform genuinely accessible to everyone. For less than $100, you can own SEC-qualified shares of the best wines in the world. The Vint Wine Investment Podcast offers up-to-date information on the world of wine and investing, as well as current perspectives on our collections and the wine markets in general. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Vint Wine Investment Podcast. Um, I'm excited to be here with you again today. This is Billy, head of wine here at Vint, and we're going to do a quick recap of the major or most interesting wine news from my point of view here um, from the past month. So in in the wine investment world, we reference them all the time. LiveX is kind of the, the source of our largest source of data and tracking for investment grade wine around the world. And so we're going to lead with the big news from them is their uh, LiveX Power 100 has been recently released. Um, what this is, is basically an analysis of volume and value of certain brands traded with some other variables mixed in, but basically tells you who are the, the most important wine brands in the world, um, demanding the most attention from investors uh, on the LiveX platform and it, extrapolating that basically to around the world. Um, so the big highlights from this year's collection, which was actually just released you know, the, the day we are recording this, um, November 23rd, um, there's kind of been a rebalancing. It's kind of been going back to a little bit of the more traditional ways. Um, Burgundy has gained eight spots in this new Power 100. Um, as opposed to last year, a lot of the blue chips, including Lafitte, have kind of regained some prominence. Uh, Petrus is back in the top 10 where it fell out last year. Um, you know, and this, this kind of juxtaposes a little bit to last year where you were seeing Italy uh, increase its volume and number of... Um, producers in the top 100 by 15%. Um, so we're, we're kind of seeing a little bit of a correction back to top Burgundy, top Bordeaux, but it's uh, it's, it's really it's really interesting um, just to kind of see certain brands or regions continuing their momentum. Um, Champagne has been just, you know, basically a powerhouse for the past two years and has continued to hold strong. Um, and then the U.S. has, has also gained gained a spot, um, but they continue their dominance of the the rest of the world. So um, we will be uh, sharing some some notes on this Um, throughout the year. You'll probably see us reference, you know, the power 100. And um, it's just it's an important ranking. And it's it's an exciting time that it just came out right here at the end of the month. So we can include it in our podcast. And other wine news, uh, basically looking at certain regions. Um, I just want to highlight a couple key articles. First, we're going to start with the Rhone Valley. Um, you guys may remember we have a Rhone collection coming up. Um, it is not currently listed on the website, but you know, stay tuned. It will be coming out in December. Um, but just to like kind of wet the palate, kind of tease you guys a little bit about the performance of the Rhone Valley. Um, it's been one of the strongest years it's seen um, for the past five years in terms of trade on LiveX, it's holding strong at 6% of all global trade, which again, doesn't sound like a lot, but they're aside from Burgundy and Bordeaux, there are very few, um, regions in particular that are above 5% of the wines traded. So spearheaded by Gigal's Lala's, these wines, um, from Cote Roti that all have La in the front of their name. So La Moline, La Landon, La Turc. Uh, these, these wines are all mostly Syrah based and they're from Cote Roti and they're, they really drive a majority of the Northern road traffic. There's still some, um, Hermitage, um, from big games, you know, also including, uh, like, like Chaputier, um, Chave, 
And these guys are kind of holding it down, but the Southern Rhone is actually surging as well. Uh, Chateauneuf de Pop is up 55% in terms of volume traded um, year over year, which is really interesting. Um, and that's driven by certain producers kind of like Reyes or Pagal. Um, and, you know, you, these names will sound familiar once you guys see our collection coming up in, in a couple, um, in a few weeks. But it, it's it's pretty exciting to kind of see the, the Rhone maintaining its consistency, but also the Southern Rhone and Chateauneuf de Pop really kind of coming into its own. Um, and it, these are all things that, again, we're taking into account when we're crafting these collections. So um, you guys will will see a lot of these names will be almost familiar when the collection launches. Um, moving outside of Europe, an interesting note is um, coming from Australia. Uh, there, there's a producer called um, Henschke, which you may not sound familiar to you. You probably know Penfolds, Grange, um, but basically the the second most famous wine in in many people's POVs or points of view, um, just as good as Grange, and I'm one of these, is um, Henschke Hill of Grace. Um, it's a wine from a single plot up there, um, kind of nearby, like the core part of the Barossa Valley. Um, it's it's an amazing little plot of land. I've actually been there. It's this, this cool little little vineyard right next to a church, like an old little like white church. Um, and it's just an interesting piece because this wine, as opposed to Grange, is made from a single vineyard. So there's only so much Hill of Grace that can be made each year, whereas Grange is a glorified blend. They really just, you know, source wine from all over South Australia, and they just try to make the best wine they can. So while right now Australian wine is kind of dipped overall in terms of trading volume and um, just kind of taking a little hit in terms of value just because of the certain tariffs since, well, number one, COVID, but tariffs going on with uh, China, the general Australian market in terms of trade is down 15% this year. But Hill of Grace is actually up. Um, the Hensky Hill of Grace as a whole index um, with the top vintage of theirs uh, actually being up 79% this year. The 2007 Hensky is is up 79% year over year. And um, overall, the wine is just, just doing really well. And from my point of view, I think this has to do with, you know, it has definitely like lower volumes in the market in general. People are starting to recognize its importance. And also there's a trend towards appreciation for single vineyard wines, as opposed to wines that are delicious, but also, you know, can be, can be made in larger volumes because they're sourced from multiple vineyards. And last but not least, uh, you guys may have remembered from my Thanksgiving picks, um, Austrian wines. I'm I'm very big on Austrian wines in general. Um, I'm actually going to be traveling there for New Year's, so I'll have some you know stories to come back from Austrian wine for you guys. But it's been gaining traction on LiveX, um, and it's actually really interesting. The first wine was only listed in 2018. Uh, since then, the number of wines has multiplied by you know it says it's up a thousand percent. You know that started out from a very small base, so. But it's they're really starting to gain traction, and you know this year's volume of sales and trades actually has already surpassed 2020 already. And you know I don't know how how many how much everybody knows, but basically the the volume of wine train trade throughout the year is is fairly consistent. But there are certainly peaks around certain periods, especially the holidays. So without even the holiday period, Austrian wines has already traded at a higher higher clip than they did all of last year. So that's really impressive and. It's, it's led by a range of producers. Um, the most notable of which I, I would say is um, Morick, M-O-R-I-C. You can find any of his wines. He has a really approachable um, middle tier label that goes for 
between $20 and $30, typically called Housemark, H-A-U-S-M-A-R-K-E. Um, it's a blend of Blau Frankish and Zweigel. Um, and it might be a little something else in there. I can't remember, but it's delicious. Um, I always buy it when I can find it. So um, that is that is your quick roundup for November uh, wine news. And we hope you guys are have had a good holiday weekend and enjoy some good wine. Uh, and thanks for being part of the Vint community. Cheers. It's been a good week this week. Um, we brought on our newest employee, Jordan Jez, who is a senior growth marketer. <clears throat> we're, we're really looking forward to how he's going to take our customer acquisition and marketing efforts from 1.0 to 2.0. That's how we're thinking about a lot of things um, internally, externally, be it PR, product. Um, we're, we're really working to move to, to Vint 2.0. So we're excited to see what Jordan has to bring there. Um, I guess it would be a good time to talk about what is our um, philosophy on bringing people onto the Vint team. Um, one, one way that we like to think about it, the analogy that we use, um, which I think is, is very pertinent in the early days, is um, removing the hat. So in the early days of, of a startup, um, you have to wear many hats. Um, and Patrick and I certainly experienced this in the, the very early days where we might not have been the best people at marketing or product or design, but you just, you just have to get it done. But as you, as you scale the business and bring people on, you, you have to remove those hats. So I look to Jordan as someone who is taking that um, full customer acquisition hat, similar to Billy when he came on, he took the the wine hat, and when Eric started, he took the um, product um, designer hat. So we're we're really looking forward to see what um, he's going to bring to to the team um, and how how these efforts are going to going to scale. Um, beyond that, we had a test run with um, Vint wine boxes related to a collection. We saw pretty good turnout on um, the box purchasing side of things. Um, I believe as of the drop date of this podcast, over half of the boxes will have been sold out. Um, really, really interesting um, test and opportunity for investors to, um, you know, take their investment and make it a bit more experiential as we um, continue to test um, test things because that's that's one of the main priorities of this this quarter is is test as many things as possible and then in the the vein of testing we have two really really um, exciting partnerships coming up um, I'm I'm not going to talk too much about them they're they're still in early days but we are we are um, finalizing some things and. There'll be a really, really interesting opportunity for people on the Vint platform. So that's that's all I'm going to say. Um, we'll we'll keep everybody in the loop as um, these new offering types come to um, come to fruition. Um, but other than that, uh, it's been a, been a great week. And thanks again for always tuning in. For questions, comments, or feedback on the Vint Wine Investment Podcast please email us at support at vent.co.
check out our current offerings and to sign up for the Vint platform, find us at www.vint.co. That's www.vint.co. Vint and VV Markets are offering securities pursuant to Regulation A. Our offering circular as amended can be found on the SEC website. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments such as those on the Vint platform are speculative and involve substantial risk to consider before investing. We may provide communication that may contain certain forward-looking statements that are subject to various risks and uncertainties. Information provided in any communications is not legal, business, or tax advice. All prospective investors should consult a legal, tax, or business advisor concerning the subject matter of any communications and any offering.